Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Controversial. Check out Good me stuff. and Paulie on the Peacock postgame show Sunday this week. Nights? Yeah, yes. me and Paulie doing highlights. We're going to kick some butt. We'll That'll there. be fun. Looking forward to it. He's subbing in. He's Trevor Simeon to Jameis Winston. Um, so Are you saying we have me. the second worst passing offense in the league? On You're Sunday right. Night? I could have came up with something better. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, baby. He's better than Trevor Simeon. Uh, that was plain disrespect. I got to come up with somebody better than that. But Polly Burmeister, Colt Chris Sims, Colt McCoy. There we go. That's a good one. 22 out of 26. Yeah, right. Yeah. I like that. That's yeah. all right. I'm here with my, my fellow alum, Colt McCoy, today. Yeah. Uh, but what's up, man? It's good to see you. Chris Sims Unbuttoned, presented by Under Armour. We're going to hit everything that happened week nine. Maybe the craziest week of the year. Man, oh, man. It's up there Upsets. in the conversation, right? Jeez. And Polly and I, it's been like... 10 hours since we talked about football. So we did the Peacock show together last night, the highlight show. We had a lot of fun doing that. So I feel like we're going to be able to dive into a lot of these conversations very seamlessly because right? we kind of know where we want to say and, yeah. the, and the themes of these games and uh, should have some good thoughts. In one way, that, that whole day yesterday, being here all afternoon, all evening, all night, was just a, a wonderful prep for what we do it on is. Monday. I know. I know I, I know the highlights. Yeah. I know what you think about them. No doubt. I know the storylines. Right. It, it is such a fun challenge to have there, being on Sunday because you sit down, you're in that giant room, and eight games come on, right? And the football fan in you is like, "I died and gone to heaven." Yeah, this is this right. is such a cool way to spend a Sunday. But then the pro is like, "I've got to have a comprehension of all these games, yeah. and they're all going on at once. Uh-huh. It's all spinning around. Yes, it's it's a real skill to try and figure out how to how to keep an eye on all eight and, and, and enjoy it. Yeah, but also know damn well." You have to know what happened in all eight. Got to know. Got to know. How do you know. do it? I, I, I mean, I, I write What's notes your throughout. I write some notes. I try to keep it broad, I saw you write up there, yeah. Yeah, I do. I go, I go with, like, a lot of stuff where I just, like, big picture thoughts of the game. Yep. I, to me, it's, like, one of those things where I can't – I'm not smart enough. I don't want to waste any brain – on things that don't really matter. Yeah. That's kind of how I approach Sunday. Like, let's just get a feel for the game, write down some big plays. Oh, wait, you know, this team's running the – just seems like they're running the ball well today. Or it just seems like the short passing game is surgical. And I just make it that instead of like – because I'm not going to see the details of like, oh, they were playing this coverage and, you know, maybe on a few of the important plays. Right. I try to limit the things that don't make – a difference mm. and just focus on the bra- bigger broader pictures i okay. guess does that make sense i will keep that in mind yeah it's not bad it's i mean you're again you're gonna miss a few things here yeah. and there can't help it you can't help it um and sometimes you gotta le- i lean on tony dungy or breeze because yeah i may be watching two or three games it's a big drive in those games i'm trying to keep track and then all of a sudden something big happens in another game that i've kind of lost track of and it's like hey drew 
You know, wait, wait, so what just happened on that drive? How'd they go down the field right there? Right. You know, I, they were on their own 15. How are they on the five-yard line going in now? Yeah. You know, that's what you miss every now and yeah. then. You're like, what? How did I miss that? And they're like, well, they hit a screen and they hit a post, and now they're there. And you're like, damn, I missed it. And you're very vocal, and you stand up, and you watch that way. Like, I always know you're there because yeah. I can see you moving around yeah. and I can hear you. But, like, Tony's up there and it's like three hours later. Like, oh, Tony's there. I know. He just He's sits so right quiet in front. watching. Drew's pretty quiet. Yes. And but, I'm I'm definitely the loud yeah, person in the room. You were Chris. I am. I'm Chris. I don't know if you were loud. You're yeah. just animated and into it. Yes, I am. I mean, I have to stand up a little bit. I have, you know, I don't get the front row seat that Breeze, Tarico, and Dungey get because they're big time. I'm in the second you row. You are in the second row. I'm in the back it's row. True. Me and Bob Euchre. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I just sit there and, yeah, I got to stand up at certain points just because I get stiff. But I want to be able to, like, really see everything. So, yeah, I guess it's my nervous energy there. But either way, you know we're here. Me and Polly B going to be talking football. Chris Sims Unbutton presented by Under Armour. And um, you lead it off. Where do you want to start this at? We have so many different ways to go. But yeah. I, I think one thing with all the unpredictability we had yesterday, the, the league certainly handed us a theme to follow there. Seven of the 12 games yesterday were won by the underdogs. Wow. Over wow. half. And five of those underdogs we're on the road. So that's, let's begin. And we, we don't really have a, a label here. We're going to get to damn okay and give me the headlines and all that. But we're just going to hit some games yeah. right off the bat. Let's, let's, let's just, like, real quick, if you don't mind, yeah. like, just before we do that. Like, I, I do think it's interesting with the, hey, the underdogs, hey, the NFL. Again, it's not college football. Everything's so yeah. close. I don't care if you're significantly better than the team that you're playing. You make a few mistakes, that game's going to be close. You know, again, this is not, you know, Alabama versus Northeast Louisiana State where Notre they, Dame against Navy. Right. Where you can make seven mistakes and still yeah. go, well, we didn't even play good and we won by 25. Yeah. Like that doesn't happen in the NFL. And then, hey, the other thing we're seeing are the road teams, right? I mean, I think this yeah. is one of the first times in the history of the NFL the road teams maybe have the better record than the home teams altogether. Really? It's up there. It's, it's, bet, it's something what do you like think that. Of that? It's interesting. And again, it's not like college where home no. field advantage really means a lot. I know. I know it's it's um, I, I think the aspect of just really the human psychology a little bit is plays into these road game uh, just the little details of, hey, when you're on the road team, it's you against the world. It really is. All week, the practice, the crowd noise is pumping. You're just ultra-focused, like, man, we got to go into this environment. It's going to be loud. We better be on our game. You get on the plane as a team. You yeah. know, you go to the team hotel. There's very little distractions. Yeah, a few guys might have an uncle or an aunt at the game, and they got to go see them in the lobby. you don't have your family and kids around. You don't have that around. Yeah. I really – listen, that would be my answer. Yeah. I, I really, when I look at it that way, and I think because the crowd noise at practice and all that has become so commonplace mm. – I think teams have gotten so used to it now. They're like, "Well, it's louder at our practice." Yeah, you know, I know there's eighty thousand here, but the way they pump up the big speakers at our practice, it's actually harder to communicate there That's than true. here. And you know, I think you're exactly right. When you're the home team, you know, there's a tenant. Oh, you know, Saturday after the walkthrough, going to go sit on the couch and might have a bunch of family and friends yeah. there. And you are a little, then you might go to the team meeting that night and then try to go back home a little bit before you got to go back to the hotel. Let me go hang out with the kids for yeah. an hour and a half, two hours before I have to be back for bed check at the hotel. And to me, it's like little things like that where the other team's already in their room. Yeah. They're just sitting there. They're studying their playbook. You know, they're just thinking about the game. There's it's all no ball kids, on the road. It's all ball on the road. So that would be my two cents. Sorry to kind of take us off track there. I, I think Pete, and you can correct me, I think Pete just hit me with uh, home teams are 65 and 70 this year. 
That's that's so right. Were, so right I was on. right. I yeah. heard that. I know. And I, I would not have guessed that. Pretty either. amazing. Yeah. It really is. It really is. Last year we had no fans. I know we saw improvement from the road teams, but this year it's it's continued and it is pretty impressive. Well, that was nice of you to bring it up because we, we're going to hit a, a big game where yeah. the road team pulled off an upset. Right. Titans beat the Rams uh, by double digits. Uh, let's begin with the with the graphic here. The Titans as underdogs in each of the last four weeks, I believe. Yeah, four weeks in a row they've been underdogs, and four weeks in a row they've won and big time wins. Bills, Chiefs, Colts, and now at the Rams. And we were we were both excited last yeah. night to watch. I think for us, we always see it uh, through a quarterback lens. Right? How's Ryan Tannehill going to play sure. without Derrick Henry? Right. And he didn't have to do much because his defense was so good. That, I think that's, to me, the biggest thing of the game, right? I mean, again, hey, a lot of credit to the Tennessee Titans. I always – Mike Vrabel is one of those coaches where I just go, the way they play the game and approach the game on a weekly basis, whether they win or lose, I always go, that was the right approach for that game. Mm-hmm. Like, they, they were smart to play it that way. He's, you know, of course, Belichickian in that way yeah. as far as managing the game and playing the proper style that's conducive to them getting the win that week. And it's not always about sex appeal and big plays and everything there. Uh, I think where I'm shocked is that the Rams kind of fell into the trap, in my opinion, a little bit like, hey, we're on fire and we're just going to go out and attack. And I'm a little surprised by that because McVay, I value him as a very good game manager himself. He usually sees the broad picture and is a little like, oh, there is no Derrick Henry. You know, maybe I'll be a little safe early on with my offense and not do too many crazy things and just see if they can kind of get their offense going. I'm not sure they can without Derrick Henry. He didn't really get a chance to do that, though, because Stafford threw those two picks. That, that to me, is that's why it's like great win. I don't know if we had anything answered about the Tennessee Titans offense last night, right? There was nothing answered. You're right. It was kind of served up a little bit on a silver platter by Stafford and some done mistakes, you know? And then because of that, you know, the the Tennessee Titans got to play really conservative on offense, never really had to open it up. And the defense continued a theme that we talked about a little last week where, you know, they're a little bit bend, don't break, but they're, they're great zone football team. And you saw that last night, you know, I guess in some replays. And, of course, even the Kevin Bayard interception, they are great at passing people off within the zones. Yeah, And that was the one thing I think that jumped out to both of us last night. We saw Stafford, yeah, the Tennessee Titans D-line kick some butt on some plays. But I think on, like, half of those sacks, I went – he had plenty of time to throw. He did, he, right? He was patting the ball. He got to the top of his drop and took a hitch and took two hitches. But he was confused, like, whoa, people aren't open. They yeah. got people there. So I'll be interested to see that film. But that was something that jumped out to me for sure. I almost think as I watch more this year, and it's really been a theme, and we've talked about it quite a bit. I've right. heard you talk about it a lot. A best friend or a, a best way to, to go up against a really good quarterback isn't so much a wonderful pass rusher. It's great if you can have one. It's yeah. great if you can have three. Right, right. But that confusion at the top of his drop yeah. is almost more valuable to a defense than someone who is just a phenomenal presence off the edge. I think so. I think we're kind of getting there in the NFL because the quarterbacks are so talented. The offenses are so diverse that, you know, one great pass rusher off the edge can be nullified to a degree through game plan, through let's chip him with the back, let's put a tight end over there, let's slide the line that way more times than not. You know, so, but but to your point, I think what we hit a lot on our Chris Sims What the Fuck Happened Wednesday podcast yeah. where it always jumps out to us is, look, like, this team got pressure, yeah, and it wasn't like crazy blitzing or anything like that. It was through confusion of the pass schemes and then the quarterback going, wait, who came, who didn't come? 
problem. Yeah. Oh, wait, what the hell's the coverage? And I think that's what we saw last night. And Tennessee is one of those teams that, you know, I call it blitz change, right? Where it's, yeah, they brought two blitzers, but two guys dropped out, and it still was a four-man rush. They're great at all that stuff. They're really well-schooled on the back end as far as what to expect with route combinations and all of that. And, you know, I uh, yeah, they stymied that team a little bit, the, the Rams. And, you, and to your point, we never really got to see what the Titans' offense right. will be about going forward. That's still a question, I think. Yeah, they only had 69 rushing yards, their fewest uh, in a win since 2012. Uh, some of that was predictable without Derrick Henry, but some of it was just the, kind of the flow of the game and yeah, the way it went. Right. Maybe on Wednesday we can hit this a little more, but yeah. I, I want to touch a, a little bit on the Bayard pick six. Sure. Just because I saw it last night. I went right to you. Yeah. As much as I've watched football, it surprised me that you know a pick six to the sideline, it's usually either a corner that has squatted and jumped it. Right. Or it's a guy who lined up kind of close to the line of scrimmage and sprinted out to the flat and got it. Bayard was the safety and made it all the way over to that side all of the, the field. All the way down, yeah. And I said, hey – what was that? Right. Why was he underneath that right. out route when he lined up at safety? Right. It's like that's where like they're they're like what we talk about a lot with game plan specific. Like to me, it, look, it was a, some form of a cover three zone, but he's looking for certain routes and things. Like he they went coached right him there. up, right? Like let's take away this single cut over here. They like to roll these single cuts. He might just run a six yard hitch or an out. Get down in that area and just get in the way. And then, of course, he's got phenomenal instincts and feel for the game. That's why he gets so many interceptions and his hands on the ball. You think he's allowed to just go where he wants? I think he, in that general area, he was. Okay. I think he was in a, like, hey, get in this area. They like to do slants, little out routes, little quick things. If they get a one-on-one matchup, he's just going to take it and let his guy kind of work after the catch. So even though he was lined up at safety, which would lead you to believe he's a deep half, right. you know, play in the middle, you know, maybe manned up on somebody. He just did what he wanted to. He did like what they wanted to, but see, this is the other thing where they're really good. They're they don't give you the picture until after the p- yeah, ball snap. Right. They're very good and patient of going. It's this coverage. It's this coverage. Said Hut. Oh no, it's this coverage. You were wrong. And that's where they're good. And they try to make every they make they try to make everything almost look like quarters. That's the to me the thing they do. And that looks like it's, all four guys lined up kind of at the right, same right a picket fence in yeah. the back end. But right as you snap or motion, they start to like oh you don't know what we're yeah, gonna do. Oh right. it's quarter quarter half. Oh it's cover two. Yeah. Oh we're gonna roll to cover three. And that's kind of what I, it looked like to me, yeah. where he rolled down there real late to kind of be in that stop the one single cut yeah. guy and uh, made a great play. Because even Stafford, over a decade in the league, that there's no way he lined up their pre-snap and said, ah, i, I got to worry about that safety cutting off this no. out route. Yeah. Completely no. surprised him. Yeah, completely surprised him. Then he, I mean, of course, he had the dumbest intercept, one of the dumbest interceptions we saw all year, but the 360, you know, that, of course, hurt their football team incredibly there. Uh, so, I mean, before the Rams really got going or in any rhythm of their offense, they were down 14-3. to And, you know, and then the pressure's on to, oh, no, we got to get it going. They don't make anything happen. And Tennessee kind of goes on a slow, ugly drive yeah. before halftime. And Vrabel has the guts to go for it on fourth and goal. And Tannehill keeps it on the little uh, bootleg quarterback sneak. I think we were watching the game, and yeah. I said, he's going to keep it. You did, that's Because right. I could see you, Vrabel you say, pull the ball. Yeah. I, see, I saw Vrabel during the timeout say, hey, blah, 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 blah. But just pull the ball. And when yeah. I said, oh, pull the ball, Tannehill's going to keep this watch. And then he kept it. Um, but, yeah, I thought that was big. And then really, to me, the other aspect of the game that I thought was big was that first drive. I believe it was the first drive of the second half. Maybe it was the second drive. Tennessee, I think, got the ball. Rams got it, drove down. And the fact that they had to settle for a field goal 
close to make mm-hmm. it, which again, it was 21 to three. I had no problem to kicking the field and make it 21 six, make it a two score game. Yeah. You know, the Twitter mob I was told was going crazy because mm-hmm. they didn't go for it. They weren't aggressive. No. You know, I think Sean, Sean McVay looked at it and goes, I think we're the better team here. Let's just keep this game going, keep a little pressure on them. Two scores of Matthew Stafford and my offense will be fine. Um, but I did think that was a big moment because, you know, hey, 21-6, you know, Van Jefferson was in the back of the end zone, I think, on first down, tried to catch the ball with one hand. I don't yeah. know why. He could have easily lifted two. You know, that game could have been 21-10 in a total different feel. And then we would have got a little bit more of the – feel of what Tennessee's offense might look like with a little pressure, but that never really happened throughout the night, and it was a great win for the Tennessee Titans. Don't want to take that away from them. I think that situation was fourth and goal from the four. Right. So fourth and goal from the four. With as much time as there was left, I mean, field goal makes sense. It does. To get, to get it to yes, a two-score game. a lot of time left. A lot of time left. Let's not be crazy there. One big picture thought with the yeah. Titans, and this might change next week, but yeah. right now in the AFC, that's the number one team yeah. at the halfway point. Is that misleading, or do you think it is the best team in the no, AFC? No. You know, I, I, you know um, I, I think it is. I think they're the I, – I, to me – Look at the kind of wins they've had, like I, who they've beaten. I just think the way the co- they're coached – they can physically win battles up front on the offensive line. They yeah. can do the same thing on the defensive line. Right. We're seeing the pass defense really come together, even though it's been a little banged up and whatever. It's still playing really well. You know, They take care of the ball. They very rarely beat themselves. Again, they're one of those teams right now. It's like, hey, we're going to make our play here and there, but we're betting you'll make a mistake at some point, Patrick Mahomes, Carson Wentz, Matthew Stafford. And then we'll get an advantage, and now we got you pinned to, oh, we're going to have to throw the ball a whole lot, and now I'm Mike Vrabel and Shane Bowen, and we're going to fuck you over with all our past defenses and disguises and stuff, and you're going to be playing behind the eight ball here for the rest of the game. Yeah. That's kind of the way they play. I respect it, you know, and you know, I, I think before we did our Peacock show last night, our, our producer, Steve Greenberg, kind of asked, he's like, what, who's the team you would take in the AFC? Or no, Tariko asked me. Yeah. And I was like, I think I'd still go with Tennessee. I got mm-hmm. less questions about them as a football team. Two weeks ago, would you, would you have said Buffalo? It would have been close, probably. It would have been close. It would have been. It would have been Buffalo. But I think after what I've seen for the last two weeks ago, I mean, two weeks as far as Miami and yesterday, yeah. uh, that makes me back off of that a little bit. It does. Um, yeah, I look at Tennessee right now as being that team. And the other team that I think just impressive to me that I think has great potential but it's been a little disappointing we got on track yesterday. It was the Cleveland Browns, so I know we'll hit on all of that. Let's just keep pushing forward. We'll get to the Browns yeah. eventually here. Uh, next big big game we want to hit, and I'm glad that we're including this or that we made it seconds in yeah. our lineup instead of third. Because well, you're Colt McCoy, so we got to do that. <laughs> I forgot I was Colt McCoy today. Yeah, 22 out of 26, almost as good as the old man going 22 out of 25 <laughs> yeah, yeah. in the Super Bowl. Stakes weren't quite as high. But I thought what the Cardinals did on the road – Without Kyler Murray, uh-huh. against a team that had to win, I mean, no doubt, Niners desperate backs up against the wall, yeah, and they kicked that ass. Kicked I mean, it that wasn't ass. even close. No, it was not. With Colt McCoy, thirty-one seventeen. So no Kyler, no DeAndre, no problem. No problem. No AJ Green. I mean, Chase Edmonds goes out early in the game with an ankle issue. It's just, it's, it's. Um, I think it gets to something we've talked. There's a lot of talent on this team. Yeah, you know. Steve Keim has built a team that is very impressive. So, I mean, you want to talk about guys for GM of the year candidates? Steve yeah. Keim should be in that. Yeah. There's depth. There's high-end talent everywhere on the football field. And I think what we kind of surprised us a lot about yesterday's game, right, was just the fact that, 
you know, yeah, Colt McCoy was efficient and played in the pocket, and we've seen that they're a more efficient team in the pocket this year, even with Kyler Murray. He's been better that way. But they can just beat you so many ways. Yeah. You know, oh, Cliff Kingsbury's got a trick play to help the offense jumpstart. Okay, great. That was nice. But, you know, they can do old school running, just smash mouth football. Great. You know, and of course they got some screens and and just plays like that to always keep you off balance. And then, let alone with their normal meat and potatoes of their offense, they have a little bit of everything to offer. So they're unlike years past, not dependent necessarily on one guy or two guys to make things go. Yeah, and that to me is when you become a dangerous football team when you start to go. Wait, they're missing. They're two best players, and it doesn't really affect how good of a football team. That's when you know you have depth, talent, you're well-coached, and you right. know Arizona, obviously, the uh, yeah, best team in the NFC. And their best player, Kyler Murray, is also the most elusive, and you're right there with Lamar Jackson, but the most effective runner as a quarterback in the NFL. Yes. And the fact that he has come so far in how he calls the game and what the offense is about, where Kyler Murray, with that skill set, right. can be out, and they can bring in an older veteran right, who moves yeah. okay, but yeah. not in a great way right and call the same game pretty much exactly right i sat here and listened to you kind of talk about rating kyler murray in your top 10 maybe even the top five for yeah quarterbacks. yeah he's right in that range he's okay, definitely so he top five ish yeah yeah and your yeah, yeah but was i need you need cliff kingsbury to call a better game for yes exactly need to, right. to help him more right. give him more weapons more schemes right and the fact that colt can step in and just run the same offense uh, to me, kind of brings it full circle with what we've talked about here, uh, that he is helping that offense more. Yes. And that Colt can come in and do the same thing, run the same offense, even though he's a completely different kind of quarterback. Yeah, no doubt. It's a team sport. You know, again, when you're just relying on one guy to make magic all the time, I don't care who you are. You're, you're going to lose games you shouldn't lose. You're going to miss out in the playoffs after a hot start like they did last year. Yeah. You know? So That's now right. they got more versatility to play against different teams. Oh, we they play this way? Okay, wait, we got pieces and schemes that – that can play that way, too. That makes sense. Okay, great. So that's where they're just so much more dangerous. And, you know, of course, I think um, we talk about the defense being talented, the offensive balance, your point with Cliff Kingsbury giving more offense. It's a lot like, to me, like, you know, yeah, people on Kyler Murray before the year exactly right. It's like, no, it's not about Kyler Murray. He's fine. He's superstar. they got to help him out a little bit. He's not going to carry them with three rockets up his ass and a rocket right arm and go 16-0. and Like, that's just not going to happen. you got to do something there. Same thing with, like, Ryan Tannehill and the Tennessee Titans. I want to go, I'm not worried about Ryan Tannehill, like, one bit. Ryan Tannehill is going to be fine. Right. To me, it's a Todd Downing question. Is the offense going to be able to deliver enough for him? So that's what we want to see. But, you know, Cardinals, really good football team, like you're talking about. And I think the other thing, too, is – the 49ers just have that bug this year of, like, man, biting oh themselves in the ass. Before we get to the Niners, yeah. I just want to make sure we pay off James Conner. 26 Please touches, do. buck 73, three man. touchdowns. What? Talked about Steve Kahn, the, the GM. I mean, none of us were that fired up, you know, nationally about the the, the signing of James Conner. But here he is leading the NFL in touchdowns. I, it's amazing. You know, he just he, he delivers a little bit of everything. You know, he's... Not like overly explosive, but explosive enough, like you yeah. saw, to take a screen 50 yards of the house. Right. You know, not like you don't look at him and go, oh my gosh, he's Christian Okoye powerhouse, but he can run between the tackles and get a lot of tough yards. He really has no weakness to his game. He can do a little bit of everything. Yeah. Pass protects well, runs routes out of the backfield well when he is asked to do that in the past game. So he's been the perfect fit for their football team, along with Chase Edmonds. And I think that's, again, it's the attitude of the Cardinals. I think that that jumps out to me more than anything. You know, even the um, 
is it Eno Benjamin? Eno Benjamin, right? The kid yeah. from yeah. Arizona State. Yep. I mean, even his run for the 21-yard touchdown just runs over Dre Kirkpatrick. That's where they're like high-flying, yeah, Golden State Warriors offense, but they got a blend of like – old school New York Knicks basketball to them too, where they're like, yo, you want to play ugly and physical? We, we could do, do that, that too. too. We yeah. got Patrick Ewing and Charles Oakley in the post. No problem. Um, so that, that's where the Cardinals, I think are really impressive. And they're pretty, they're even more diverse on the defensive side with stuff they could do, which of course makes them tough too. turn the page to the 49ers. Yeah. Now five losses in the last six games. Yikes. They're 0 four at home. Mm-hmm. I mean, nobody saw this coming. I want to bring in a, a social question here to kind of get it going yeah. at lazy Brahman says, I'm sorry, mate. I really like your analysis, but you're generally so high on the 49ers when they almost never produce on the field. You got to self scout thyself. That's a little. That's a little harsh from at lazy, uh, in. But I mean, the point is to tee up the conversation. What is happening with this 49ers offense? It's not just one game. It's not just two games. That this is a series of events, kind of like the Chiefs. That it kind of makes you believe: Is this who they are this year? Yeah, I, I mean, I think a little bit. We're getting to that point. You know, I, again. So, you know, where I get high on the 49ers to agree, to agree is I watch the game and go, well, they're not like physically overmatched. They're not, I don't look at it and go, oh my gosh, they're just getting dominated on both sides of the ball. I mean, again, you know, George Kittle fumbles early on, sets up to short field. I mean, he's wide open down the middle. I don't know what you want to say. I mean, he's wide open. Boom. Okay. Now they're driving a little later in the game. I think it might've been, what was it? Maybe was it 17, seven at this point? Uh, might have been that. Maybe it was still. It might have been seventeen nothing. Still, they're driving. Jimmy Garoppolo throws a a pass to a wide open Brandon Ayuk down the middle of the field. He, he's catching the ball. He falls on the ground. He gets up. He fumbles at the five yard line. You know that's where. You know, and I think the game was fourteen to nothing at that point, and that led to a long field goal drive by the Arizona Cardinals. But so that's to you know my mate there who's asking the question where I go. Listen, there's like a, I see a lot of good things they do mm-hmm. to where I go if they just limit mistakes, that game's going to be you know toe to toe in a battle there. But they seem to mess up situations like that, or it's a third and long, and they let Colt McCoy run around the pocket and find somebody for a big pass, you know, or it's third and 17, and you go, wow, they got everything locked up, and he throws a check down to the back, and the back goes and gets 20 yards. It's so, it's, it's I guess, a little bit of that. Yeah, they're a little confusing that way. I yeah. see talent on their team, but I see a team that seems to, I, I guess, to our, our questioner's point there, just, yeah, they're they're messing up some situations and some big moments almost every week right now. I'm not looking to the standings right now, yeah. but I, I did this morning. I think they are tied with, with Seattle at the bottom of the NFC West. I think they're both three and five. Pete, yeah. does that sound? Yeah, yeah you're right. Okay, both you're three right. and five. Yeah. yeah. Which one of those two teams, second half of the season, do you have more belief in right now that will come back and make a run at being significant mid to late December. Neither one of them is going to give up. Like that's the one thing I know. Both of these teams are coached by psychos and have a bunch of psycho football players. Yeah. You know, Russell Wilson, of course, him coming back, which it sounds like he might be back next sounds week like against close. Green Bay, yeah. right? I mean, that changes things definitely. I know that. I still look at at the Forty ers and think their team is better than Seattle. Yeah, I do. Um, What's the biggest thing you see in the Niners right now besides the potential? And the flash is a good place. Well, like um, biggest can, reason you feel like that, like you would pick them over Seattle if you are going that way. Yeah, to be the team that separates there and you know has. A I chance. think with George Kittle back and 
you know, them being a little healthier on the offensive side of the ball and Mitchell, I just look at the offense and I think it's more diverse. You know, I mean, you know, Seattle, again, we sit here every, a lot of weeks and go, I mean, what the, I don't know what they were doing on offense. Or, it's Russell Wilson. It's Russell making magic. Yeah. It's, it's boring. There's nothing, there's nothing what they do. They just ask him to make great plays. And then, of course, their defense at, you know, one point this year was on pace to be one of the worst defenses in football. So I know it's been better as of late. Mm-hmm. I guess I still favor the 49ers in that conversation, was what I'm talking about. And even here, like three and five, I know. But, like, yeah, don't count out Seattle and San Francisco. I mean, I, I look at San Francisco and I go, I, I think they're better than Minnesota, Carolina, mm-hmm. and Atlanta that are better than them. I do. With seven teams making the playoffs, there, there is, I think, one team in the NFC with a losing record right now that will be playing I, in I mid-January. Think so. I, I would think right? so. I would think it's gonna so. It's going to be somebody. One of those teams is going to get there. Now, yeah, they've got a losing record right now. Where they get to at the end of the year, can they get to 9-8 and eight and be that kind of record? Yeah, but I think one of those teams is going to get there kind of like to what you're talking about. Uh, and if you made me bet, yeah, I'm not taking Carolina. No. I'm not taking Minnesota. I'm sorry, even though I know they've lost some tough ones. I just don't see the high-end talent of their team that way. To me, it would be Seattle or San Francisco to be that team. Yeah. I, I don't have quite the faith in Chicago yet to put them there. Uh, so, yeah, I look at them as being the team that you know can maybe steal that seven spot from Atlanta when all said and done. All right, let's move on to another game that, that yeah. created a lot of feeling, uh, a lot of different headlines and attention. Broncos beating the Cowboys 30-16. to 16. And This is a classic. It was not nearly that close. No. Late in the fourth right. quarter, it was 30 to nothing. Broncos over the Cowboys and all the stats, all the ways that you would measure a game that was complete domination. Let's take a look, Chris, and I think we have a, a, a number here. Cowboys offense, first seven games against what we saw yesterday. First seven games, number one in the league in yards gained, and my goodness, they were, they were horrible. horrible. And I, I know the Denver defense is pretty darn good, yeah. but you know, a day later, how are you making sense of what you saw from the Cowboys yesterday. Well, I, I mean, again, it's um, you don't capitalize early on in the football game for a few opportunities where they're kind of moving the ball. They could have gone up 6 nothing if they decided to kick field goals. Why well, not one of them might have been like a 50-something yarder. The next one was a chip shot. Would have been like a 37-yarder. But, you know, you leave those two opportunities out on the field, and we I've had these conversations. Again, I know aggressive, 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 but there is something to say every now and then about, hey, we got three points on the board. We got a little momentum. We got something positive to build on. Now that other team has to go the whole field to get some points. You know, instead of, oh, wait, we just had two good drives and we come off the field dejected, and the defense wasn't ready to go on the field because they thought we were going to convert the fourth down. And now the other team's coming on the field with all this energy going, wait, we've been outplayed for two series, and we're st- it's still 0-0. Like, so, so, and yeah, I've heard you know, pizza in my ear going right now. The Broncos felt disrespected by the two early fourth down like, attempts by the mm. Cowboys. I, I don't know why they should feel disrespected, but obviously it gave them energy. I know yeah, that. Something and, did. you know, Teddy Bridgewater and company kind of got in a rhythm there. You know, they go up 6 nothing, And I think the biggest thing I look at more than anything is just Dak Prescott – and the offense were just off. He was off, as off as I've seen him in a while. He, at one point, was 6 out of 18. 
I mean, he, that, he was, that says it all. He finished a little below 50%, which happens. But for an NFL quarterback of that caliber. Right. And that kind of offense. one out of three. Yes. I think they were like one for 11 at that time on third down. They, and, and they, they of course, they had the non-two fourth down conversion. Yeah. So, I mean, it's almost, yeah. I mean, it's almost one for 13 there when you really yeah, start to add that up. But I think that really boils. The, the game, to me, was more or less than that right there. Dallas couldn't stay on the field yeah. after those first two drives. And then... They could not get Denver off the field on the right. other side of the ball. Right. I mean, that's really what it was. And Dallas, again, is one of those teams that, hey, their team's built around their offense. You know, we've been sitting here trying to tell you the defense is good. Yeah, it's better. It's not. It's why I've had a little questions about them because I just go, I don't see dominant. I see they play hard and they cause some chaos and get a turnover or two every week. But I'm not sure how great that defense is. And you got a little taste of that yesterday when the offense doesn't put them in the position of power throughout the game. Uh, And they really struggled on that side of the ball, too. A question from at Cody Hamilton 8 kind of fits right in there, Chris. How did the Cowboys get pushed around by Denver offensive line that had to play seven different guys? Yeah, listen, I, I would like to go watch it myself. But, you know, there's not a lot of, like, overly big people on the Dallas defensive line. It's a little bit more what I would call they, they, they tend to lean towards let's go with the athlete over the size guy, right? So they got a lot of their biggest guy is, you know, I'm going to say probably 305, something like that. That's not big in the NFL anymore. A lot of the times they're playing Randy Gregory, who's 260. Yeah. You know, they got another defensive end who's around the same thing, and then they got a defensive tackle and like a – you know, Odigizua, who's like 285 or 290, and another defensive tackle that's 305, that's just not that big. And obviously it looked like they had some good schemed runs where they did some things, and it just seemed like Javante Williams and uh, uh, Gordon just right. popped through some holes with a full head of steam, and nobody touched them in the second level. So that's one thing I certainly would like to go back and watch and kind of dive in on the film to see what they did in the run game. I give a lot of credit to Denver for you know, how that franchise felt during the week when they trade their most – accomplished player, right. the one most associated with past success. They give him away yeah. for future draft picks for responding to that and coming out and playing with that kind of energy and that kind of production. I, you know, hats off, uh, not just to one player, for that entire organization for how they came out and responded against Dallas. What do you do with Denver in the AFC West where yeah. every single team has five wins? I mean, for a while it looked like they were fourth, but after yeah. that performance and looking down like, okay, they're all pretty similar. Yeah. Where do you put the Broncos? I, I think I probably still put them in fourth. Yeah. Like, respectful fourth, I want to say. I respect what they do. You know, the AFC West is interesting because I think all the teams have, like, some serious flaws mm-hmm. about their team altogether. Um, but, yeah, I got to see just a little bit more consistency. It, it's hard to make out what Denver really is quite yet. You know, again, I know we're nine games into the year. Um, but, no, I'm not ready to sit here and go, oh, they're going to go on a run here yeah. and dominate the AFC West. No, I'm not. I you have know? a hard time believing in the offense full-time. Uh, that's exactly Teddy Bridgewater right. was really good yesterday. Right. It was we fun haven't to seen watch. that consistently. We is haven't he seen a run it? game like that, yeah. all, consistent like that all year. I know right. that's what I mean. Is this an outlier performance, or is this something to say, there you go. watch out, this is what they're going to be going forward? I don't know that. I tend to think it's an outlier as of right now. You know, And, again, yeah, they played a motivated football game and caught – I don't care who you are. Dak Prescott, Mahomes, Peyton Manning, Bart fucking Starr, it doesn't matter. When you don't practice for two weeks, you're not going to go out in an NFL game yeah. and, you know, and, 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 you know, just set the world on fire that way. Dak Prescott missed some – they had a few drops, I know, 
but he missed some easy throws that you go, he usually makes that with his eyes closed. That would have changed the game or made the game different. And that was a big aspect. And, and like we talked about, I think, you know, m- you know, missing that second fourth down, Denver goes down for a nice drive, scores a touchdown. Dallas, I believe, goes three and out or maybe gets one first down. Denver gets the ball back, and then he hits P- Tim Patrick for the long touchdown. Yeah. It's 14 nothing, And that's where it just became now Dallas couldn't stay on the field, and Denver just kept, like, bleeding them out on offense, slow, long drives, field goal, field goal. And Dallas just never caught rhythm or got to impose their will in the physical aspect of the run game, and it just all compounded into a a disaster. Around any corner, within every battle, and with the dawn of each new day, the threat of the unexpected, the unpredictable, and the unrelenting lies in wait. But Marines will always be there. They are the constant in the chaos. No matter the battlefield, Marines adapt to win, defeating every shifting threat, protecting our nation's future. The few, the proud, the Marines. Elsewhere in the AFC, disaster for Buffalo. Didn't score a touchdown. Number one scoring offense in the NFL. Not a single touchdown against Jacksonville. We will get to Buffalo and your thoughts on that, but let's start with a positive in that one. What leads the way for you with the Jaguars? It obviously can be Josh Allen, uh, but you know they deserve some kudos for coming up with a way to not just beat Buffalo, but to keep them out of the end zone. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you know, there's talent on that Jacksonville defense. This is something I've tried to say to a few times during the year, where I'm going to go like Jacksonville's got talent on their football team altogether. And to me, yesterday, you know, it just looked like they managed the game appropriately had a really good feel for what Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills wanted to do on that side of the ball. Um, Again, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, podcast listeners, but I feel like I've been trying to tell people, top scoring offense, whatever you want to say, yippity-doo-dah, zippity-day, okay? They're not a top offense in football right now. Buffalo's not. They're not. Because? They don't. Because it's all about Josh Allen just making magic happen. Yeah. That's not doesn't like make you a top offense. You know, again, you know, had a few tricks and did some good things against the Kansas City Chiefs. I know that. But again, the Chiefs at that point too, especially defensively, were in like a real funk and we know they're not as good as we thought. You know, you look at like I, I we can go back to really early in the year and I go, Yeah, there's a lot of points on the board here. Miami week two, Washington week three. But I think if we went back and watched those games, you'd go, I'd go, well, look, the defense gave them the ball at the 18-yard line going in. I know we're going to go, whoa, they score a lot of points, but I want to go, that was an impressive drive. Or the game itself was choppy on offense. Just because it led to a lot of points in the scoreboard didn't mean the offense came out as surgical or dominated in the run game. I mean, they can't run the fucking football. They don't try. They can't even do it. They've given up lately. Yeah. Because – their only way they run the ball is with Josh Allen designed quarterback runs or he, him scrambling. He was a leading rusher. The Shocker. Top two, top two running backs, nine attempts. Nine. They got so nothing there. They're not trying. No, because I think they got to a point like during the year where they went, it, it's, we're better off just keeping the pressure through our pass game. But even, and, but even yeah. if it's not great, yeah, I mean, I Josh Allen throwing it 47 times, 47 times, uh-huh. and your top two backs carrying it nine times. I mean, you can you can inside that building know, okay, we're not running the ball worth a shit. Right. 
but at least try 15 to 20 times. It's going to make Josh better. It's going to make Josh better. It's going to open up some play action offense. That's where I would agree with you 100%. You know, attempts are an underrated stat in the game. Completely, Attempts are important. Patriots weren't getting anything out of their running game, but those top two backs still carried it a combined more than 20 times. They just keep it going. For less than 100 yards. Because it helps out their whole football team. Right. Right. You know, and again, we've seen the Tennessee Titans do the same thing. You know, just a few weeks ago against the Kansas City Chiefs, they ran it 29 times for 86 yards with Derrick Henry. It wasn't a special day, but they were going to keep Kansas City defending that because it helps their defense out and it helps, most importantly, their play-action pass game, what they want to live off of. Yeah, Buffalo has nothing to offer there right now. They're in a funk on the offensive side of the ball. They're protecting just okay. It's not great. Mm -hmm. You know, Brian Dayball, offensive coordinator, a little bit of a funk himself. They're not, you know, getting people open as much. I think the other thing I would add to that, and you've heard me say this before, you know, I I don't – Buffalo's talent is not that great on the offensive side of the ball. It's not. There's no game changer other than Diggs on that side of the ball. And I don't think Diggs is as game-changing as some of the other top receivers in football. Hmm. So I think with all that, and then you get Josh Allen in a game yesterday like where he's he tried to do too much. Yeah. He reverted back to like old Josh Allen because he was getting frustrated and he was going, what, we should be beating this team and I got to make a play. And he cost them. He cost them the game. You know, there's a game yesterday, I think, if you really look at it, where you just go, they should have won that game like – Maybe fifteen to nine, you know. Maybe maybe you know fifteen to six. Yeah. Whatever. Uh, it, it was that type of game, but because he kind of played a little loose, and they have to ride him so hard. That's just some of the dangers you you have when you play that way. Riding him extremely hard. You, yeah. The I went back and looked at what he's done all season. Right. His top three passing attempt games. So yeah. The, the three games right. where he has thrown the I'm ball the most. To hear this. Yeah. Do you know what they all have in common? them losing those are their three losses yeah there we go all 47 to 51 times i mean that, that that's a shit ton of passing attempts even for somebody yeah that good so right. i was listening to you last night on the show and you said that they're just expecting too much out of him it's it's either josh allen magic or it's not uh was up last night went back and looked at that i'm like that, that kind of is it right? goes hand in hand with what you were saying last night yeah if, if he throws it 37 times instead of 47 you're still getting a lot out of this guy who's a wonderful quarterback right but you're not walking over to the line of, okay, that's too much. Yeah, too much. It's too predictable. They're going to be in the shotgun. He's going to drop back right. and make it happen. And it's not like these are games right. where, where they're down 17 points and you have to throw it. These are close games that they're losing. Yes. Where you can really choose, okay, are we going to lean on the run or are we just going to chuck it around? I know. they got to find a little bit more balance that way. You know, you know, and, and I think, you know, again, he, he, just, he can't be the leading rusher and being asked to throw the ball and do everything on offense week in, week out. You know, I mean, what is this? I mean, it's got to be about four or five weeks in a row where he's either the leading rusher or he was like a yard or two off from being the leading rusher in a game. Yeah. And, again, I know they're looking at it like, let's just keep pressure on people and Josh Allen and the shotgun and pressure, 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 and we'll play that way. And it, and it's going to be effective a lot of ways. I, I get that. Um, and, you know, again, they're like three-inch quarters – quarter uh cleats away from maybe beating Tennessee a few weeks ago in the quarterback sink and he doesn't slip right. and fall on the ground yeah you know there's still a lot of good to talk about with the football team but what we're talking about right here is like is this sustainable for them to go to the Super Bowl and play this way Not I don't right know now. about that I'd say no right now it's just it's too much on him and the I if it was like 47 times and 
we were going, and it was just surgical. And it yeah. could, I'd be fine. That's great. They're using the short passing game as an extension of the run game. Fine. He's their best player. That's great. But it's not working like that right now. Right. And they got to find something else to just like we've talked about with other teams. Give yeah. the give the defense something else to think about a little bit. On the positive side, the yeah. other teams, and you could pick out five teams that you would say, okay, here's my top five teams in the AFC. Right. They all have major questions right now. I too. know. I know. They're really good potential, but some some shit to figure out in these next couple months. So yeah. In that way, they're kind of right there with with some of the other elite teams in that conference. I think I think so too. And I think when I look at them as compared to like we talked about the AFC, all all those teams have like question marks somewhere on their roster. Yeah. With Buffalo, we don't question their defense, so that's a positive thing. We know mm-hmm. the defense is top notch, really. And you know, I think of all the things I look at to go, oh, I think it could be better or it can get better. I do think Dayball and Josh Allen and. McDermott probably adding a few two cents on like, hey, let's play this style just a little bit more. That they're a team I look at that might I go they they can get this straight and get back into they're a Super Bowl legit Super Bowl contender in the AFC and a nice division to be doing that in no doubt as well. I know, but yeah. they got somebody breathing down their necks. Yeah, they do. Yes, That's they true. do. The, I was thinking more about the bottom two yeah, than I was yeah. the uh, Patriots. Yep, they're back. Let's uh, l- let's uh, take a skip over here to the individual side. Our friends yeah. from Points Bet uh, mm-hmm. will help us uh, look at the front runners for the MVP. Tom Brady, he was off. He's the leader, the most likely, according to points bet. Josh Allen, the guy we were just discussing right behind him. Uh, Kyler Murray also sat out with an ankle injury. Stafford had a really off game. Dak Prescott had a worse game. Aaron Rodgers probably had a worse week than, oh, than any than of anybody. them. Yeah. Who do, you, uh, who, who do you like best here after a week where you can't really point at any of the top six candidates and say, he was awesome yesterday. Well, I, I went into our show last night going like I I would pick Matthew Stafford before yeah. the game happened. I had a picket for our, our Peacock show, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, for me to this point, with him. he's been the MVP. I'm not going to just let like, yeah, one Same half game. of football change everything about what we've seen all year. You know, uh, still, it's been high level play, a lot of explosive plays. You know, he's changed the outlook of their football team and it's happened quicker than I expected. I think the other two after that, I mean, listen, Brady and the stats, they're not going to stop. Right. I mean, Brady and them are, they're too talented. They do do, they do have other elements of their offense. They They make you defend. Yeah. So they never let you off the hook that way. So, you know, I, I look at, I think more than anything on that list and go Stafford, Brady, Kyler Murray are still the three I'd look at. Yeah. Uh, I I just can't imagine their offenses have talent. They, they are talented. And, you know, even if they're, off on a game or whatever they got the type of team that can kind of keep them in it you know on the defense and with other elements of their team too so I I would guess those are the three I'm still going to go with Stafford for right now okay I am for now Um, but I think you know Brady and Kyler Murray are certainly right there all right so from gambling into damn okay I think we have a little sound that goes along with this yeah damn I'm okay damn I'm okay yeah, no, I mean, yes, I'm okay. The legal gambling. Oh, baby. I am Chris Sims. I'm okay. Damn. The gambling okay. is the Legal gambling. Is your house sponsored by, by Under Armour? I uh, mean, no, it, it's everywhere right No, here. I know. It is everywhere. I, I appreciate that, Under Armour. But yeah. nope, nope it's, uh, it's an awesome sponsorship. It really is. Very lucky to have them. And the Cleveland Browns have so many examples of damn okay. Yeah. We have a number of ways we want to go here. Let's start with the, so many big plays right. they had yesterday in that win over the Bengals, 41-16. to 16. 
the pick six that yeah. started the Bengals moving the ball, moving right. the ball early. All of a sudden, Denzel Ward, bam, 99 right. yards. 99 yards. I, I mean, you know, game-changing moment. Great yeah. first drive by the Bengals. You're nice. going, wow, look at this. This is great. You know, awesome. But, you know, this is – hopefully this is what we'll see from the Browns more and more. As I've said, the Browns are disappointing because they're too talented on the defensive side of the ball to be doing some of the things they've done the last few weeks. Now maybe with them getting healthy, Denzel Ward being healthier at corner, mm-hmm. maybe that can add another element to their defense where they can do a few different things. But he's he's a special football player. I mean, again, he's he's got good size and length, and he runs 4-3. And he can change directions on a dime, too. And, oh, and, and Jamar Chase on that play specifically tried to run a little like the, the slant, right, and then come back out. Denzel Ward did a great job of undercutting it and uh, showed his great speed, you know, going in for a touchdown there, which was, yeah, a huge part of the game. I I mean, really, I thought we were going to get a shootout at first in this football game. I kind of went, ooh, this is about to get fun because Cincinnati got the ball back and went right back down the field and scored again. Then Cleveland got the ball and went down and scored. And you're going, ooh, this is going to be awesome. And then the Bengals got the ball back and started moving the ball and I believe that was the Jamar Chase fumble, I want to say. Or it could have been – let me get this straight. It's going to drive me crazy. Because it was going like, ooh, this is going to be a shootout. And then, oh, no, they went for it on fourth down. He threw a pass to Boyd. They don't get it. The next play ends up being the deep post to Donovan Peoples-Jones. That's right. And that makes it 21-7. And all of a sudden you went, uh-oh. Now they're going to have to throw it a lot. And – uh-oh, Clowney and Miles Garrett are playing in this game. So, mm-hmm. uh-oh. And then that led to, I think, the next series where Jamar Chase fumbles. Cleveland gets the, the ball back, and it's 24-7. And then you're going, well, hey, like I love Joe Burrow in Cincinnati, but 24-7 right. against this talented yeah. Cleveland defense, I don't know if you're going to overcome that. Yeah, Joe Burrow, 28 out of 40, first career game with no touchdown passes and multiple interceptions. One more thought on their defense. Yeah. It comes from Nelly Mick, 2010. Hey, Chris, can we get a damn okay for Greg Newsom and the Browns secondary for yeah. pretty much shutting down Jamar Chase with, without double-teaming him? Yeah. Five tackles, two passes defended for the Northwestern rookie. Per PFF, he allowed just four receptions, 46 yards on nine targets. He's been really good. Yeah. They don't play a ton of man-to-man, but they play some zone defenses where it ends up being very man-to-man-ish on the outside. And he's smart. He's got great body control. He's another guy that's got good length like Denzel Ward on the other side of the ball. He's not as explosive as Denzel Ward. But, hey, this is, to me, no doubt going to be one of the things. Like, if they can get a Wusu Koromoa back. Yeah. And now you got, you know, both safeties, if not really, there's three of them when you add Delpit, John Johnson, and um, the kid from Alabama that I'm blanking on his name. You know, they got three good safeties, those corners, um, pretty good nickelback. You get a Wusu Kormo at the second level playing linebacker. And then, of course, that front four, I think, is very athletic. Rodney Harrison, thank you, Pete Dimalillo, Lightus. Like and, uh, yeah, they caused some issues. I mean, Chase dropped a few footballs they yesterday. Yeah. I saw that, too. Yeah. Um, you know, the Bengals are I, – I still think the Bengals have a lot to offer, and they're not out of this. Uh, they blew a game in New York, and then they've made mistakes again here in this one that really just – it became too much for them to overcome. Big play Browns, first team since the Browns. 2000 Eagles with a pass run and return touchdown of 60 yards or more in a game. And I've, I've kind of buried the lead here a little bit on this game. Defense certainly deserved to be talked about here. Yeah. But Baker Mayfield and the offense playing this well without OBJ. Yeah. They were averaging a little over 13 points per game the right. last three games. Now right. they came out 
it just set up so perfectly for them. They jumped out to that lead. They're running the ball well. Stefanski can get in those tight formations and run run play action. Yeah. Why do you think Baker in this offense performs so much better without OBJ? I, I I don't. I really don't know. Listen, like I mean, OBJ is not the reason they scored seventeen against the Broncos or ten against. Right. Like I mean, what did he do? But you can't deny that. No, they were I, a lot there's better. some it's, element there. It's so weird because he's so talented. I listen. Defense one, has to worry about One of the things him. I'll say is Baker Mayfield does not play. They did not play the position true to form when Odell was in. The, we've shown plays. There's plays every week. I don't care. You go on any you other. You were shorts, two months ago. We, you can go on. A, yeah. it's caught on everywhere. So they can blame Odell all they want for all that stuff. They're, that's wrong. That's not. That was them. They, he was open a lot. Yeah, did he make mistakes? Sure. But the energy, there, something about Something it. different about it. I don't know what it is. Yeah. It obviously puts a little – I always have – I've been saying this for a year and a half. I really do think there was something mental there with Baker throwing to Odell. Yeah. Just couldn't quite get the rhythm or the timing of it down. And there was a little confidence lost in it. And then it became, yeah, an issue to where I guess you think about it too much. Um, but, yeah, they it, it's just funny where he got hurt in Cincinnati last year. Right. And they kind of started to take off after that. And then it was this game this year where he's not there. But I think, you know, again, this just this laid out the right way for them as well. It just laid out the right way. It just happened to be a team that, you know, they matched up pretty well with. They made some mistakes. And... Um, we're seeing the Cincinnati Bengals defense. They got to change it up a little bit. Too much quarters coverage, mm. a little too predictable, I think, on the defensive side of the ball right now. Yeah. To where you're seeing teams week after week kind of dial up plays on them, like they know what they're going to get. Can you think of a quarterback that needed a big performance yesterday more than Baker Mayfield did? Uh, no, I think you're probably right. That was probably uh, like he probably had the the flashlight on him more than any other quarterback in Justin the game. Justin Herbert a little bit too. Yeah, no doubt. That's another good they've one. Kind of been the same. I yeah, I'll bundle those two together right kind of went like a cold streak both of them and that was good it was great to see baker come out firing like that and of course when they get that run game with nick chubb and company going watch out like damn okay cleveland browns i'm not giving up on the browns yet there's too much talent on that football team uh we'll see where they go from here giants beat the raiders 23 16 Xavier McKinney, seven tackles, two picks, uh, also a pick six damn yeah yeah mckinney's a, a baller i mean this is – he's got a unique skill set coming out of Alabama. You know, he was hurt a little last year as a rookie. But, like, safety, nickel, can kind of do both of those jobs. You know, thinks he's 240 pounds and will hit you like that. Yeah. Like, And you're like, no, dude, you're 190. Like, relax, 195. <laughs> but, you know, he's got incredible speed. He's got instincts. He really knows how to play. He changes their team a little bit. He makes them a little more versatile – you know, on the back end. And, this, again, this is the reason, like, games like yesterday are why I defend Joe Judge. That's why I defend him. You know, again, the Giants aren't better than the, the Raiders, mm. but they manage and play the game exactly the right way, and they make you earn it, and that's what they did yesterday. Giants, it wasn't pretty. It wasn't. The offense just made a few plays when they had to. They got a little bit of a run game going, which, again, does scare me about the Raiders because they're another one, those, another one of those teams where I go, not enough big people in the middle of their defense. I worry if they're going to be able to stop overpowering running teams as we go forward. Um, but then, hey, the Giants' defense making big plays was certainly 
you know, the, the, the biggest thing going in this football game, whether it was his two interceptions or the strip sack fumble at the end, it led to a lot of empty yards from the Raiders. They moved the ball great, you know, between the 20 to the other 40, yeah. but they couldn't quite capitalize throughout the day. One of the best stats coming out of yesterday, they were one for six in the red zone scoring touchdown. There you go. Six times they got there. That's unbelievable. Isn't it? It is. That's so, hard to do. It's hard to do, right. But the Giants made it a field goal game, yep. typical New England, Tennessee yeah. Titans type of thing. We'll bend. We'll bend. You'll kick a field goal. We hope we'll go score a touchdown. Yep. You'll bend. We'll bend. We hope you kick a field goal, and we might score another touchdown. And all of a sudden, you go, it's been an even game, but we're scoring touchdowns, yep. and you're, you're kicking not. field goals, and look who's winning. And that's kind of the way the game felt yesterday. I mean, it wasn't pretty by any stretch of the imagination, but they played the game the right way and, of course, made a few plays on the defensive side of the ball that – um, were crucial. The Giants aren't going to win pretty. They're, they're not good enough up front. The, Jason Garrett has to manage the game every week. They have to manage. They have to run the ball probably a little more than they want to because they're trying to protect the O-line and Daniel Jones. They have to be careful about what kind of pass plays they picked because they got to pick. They got to protect the offensive line a little bit. Um, and, but, but overall, I just thought, yeah, it was kind of just an old-school big blue type of win. Big blue. <laughs> you said that a bunch yesterday. Oh, I as love well. it. I love you know. I'm I'm a Giants fan, hands down, no doubt about it. And uh, I root for Joe Judge, yeah, because I know him. Yeah, but I do believe in him. Mm-hmm. And I, I've gotten sick of the haters on Daniel Jones to where yeah. it's made me be like one of his biggest fans. Because if they lose, everybody wants to get rid of him. Of course. And then when they win, hey, oh, he's not that bad. And I want to go. What? Well, he's the best player in their offense. Period. Like, get over it. Um, so good win for them. And uh, one thought here on the Raiders, you have a big hole yeah. to fill. No Henry Ruggs, uh, legal and, and tragic reasons that, that he's not there. Yeah. Tripod2x asks, can Deshaun Jackson, going from the Rams to the Raiders, help fill the void uh, that Ruggs leaves? Great question, and 100%. 100%. You know, first off, he can still go. Yeah. You know, I don't think he's quite as fast as Henry Ruggs, but still can, you know, had that same element to the offense and where it'll even be more seamless than anything. McVay, his, he's runs John Gruden's offense. Mm. Now he's expanded it and had his own way of how he does it. But I would think the language is going to be very similar. Yeah. He's going to go in there and go, Oh, I know this, but Oh, we called it the same thing. I just called this play the same thing with the Rams and McVay. Yeah. So it, it, I think it'll be very easy for him to jump in that way. Um, you know, and the, the Raiders, you know, again, not not giving up on them either. Uh, I think the one thing with the Raiders is, yeah, they need a Deshaun Jackson. They they I know they can be surgical and boom, eight yards, seven yards, eight yards, twelve yards, eight yards. I know that they need the big play element of their offense. That's where they're going to miss Henry Ruggs. That's why they need a guy like Deshaun Jackson. And this is, let's be honest, one of the first games all year where we can go away and go, man, Derek Carr. You know, he was just he was careless with the football twice, yeah. and it hurt their football team. Right. It's one of the first time all year we can kind of pin a loss maybe on him a little bit. Yeah, uh, two interceptions, first time this season with two or more interceptions. Yeah, so yeah. He's been doing and, a terrific yeah. job taking care of the ball, but not yesterday. No, not yesterday. And, you know, again, they're up, you know, 13-10, right? It was 13-10, start the second half. He throws that out route, pick six. You know, then then later on, I want to say it was 20-16, to Right. And he's got a little cover hole, cover two hole shot down the right sideline, and he tries to rip it in there. Xavier McKinney got over there, intercepted mm, it. Yeah. That led to the field goal. You know, So that really uh, was big. And also another last thing, Paul, I yeah. know I'm talking a lot about this game, but I'm excited because it's the Giants. <laughs> but it was 20-16 too. Raiders drove down the field, 
and in a chip shot, 25-yard field goal, they missed to the left. That's right. Right. Yeah. So, you know, Giants, yeah, some good breaks, definitely, but I think they made a lot of their own luck yesterday, and it was a big win for Big Blue. And, hey, I don't want to let the damn okays get away from us here before we talk about the Falcons yeah. a little bit. Going yeah. to New Orleans uh, and winning, and Matt Ryan. Damn. 20, 23 out of 30, 343, two touchdowns, no picks. I mean, he, he looked like – and he can still do this. Oh, he can. He looked like the Matt Ryan of a few years ago where he was in command, making good decisions, and putting the ball where it had to be. Yeah. Yeah, and like no threat of the run game, really. They no. put it in his hands and said, go, big guy. Yeah. And, you know, the, the thing that I think I, that jumped out to me was a lot of get the ball out of your hands quick early yeah. on in the game. We yeah. know the Saints. They can get after you. They're confusing. And I think the other element that, that Drew Brees kind of threw me on a little bit yesterday, he goes, when they're getting in third downs, he goes, look, they're going hurry up. They're going tempo. Yeah. So they were right. – and what that does for people out there – it simplifies the defense because now it's hurry up. They might try to run out their personnel real quick. Wait, it's third down. I'd like a one extra DB out there, blah, blah, blah. But you're not going to get crazy with some defensive call now and go like, hey, I want, you know, under two spy flash cover four week, duh, 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 where it's like, hey, we're showing this defense. We're going to buzz out and then we're going to play that defense. Like that stuff goes out the window in those situations. Right. They just start going, oh, you know, cover two, <laughs> uh, cover four. Hurry up. They're about to staff the ball. Right. And that was one of the elements of the game that I thought was very interesting and really got them off the schneid early and got them kicking butt and really, you know, uh, playing at a high level. I love that big play he had on that last drive where he hit Cordell Patterson down the right side. Uh, Mike Florio talked to him after the game and kind of explained you know, he, he saw the safety come down. He knew right. he had one-on-one. Right. We hear this term arm talent all the time thrown around out there, but nobody really defines it that much. Yeah. I thought that was a wonderful display of arm talent because of the way he threw that ball. Like on a deep ball, if you're pushing it down the sideline, you usually throw it 45 or 50 yards. Right. If you're driving it, you usually drive it to 18 or 20. Right. It was only about 30 yards downfield. He yeah. threw it really high. Like Soft. A kind of a pass. Like you, you don't see that kind of arc on a pass that short very often. And the fact that he had that shot in his bag, like, I, th- I thought that was really cool. Be- beautiful. I mean, he, yeah. he's got all the clubs in the bag. He's got all the clubs. I mean, the only club he probably doesn't really have is he can't rip the 350-yard drive down the middle, right? Which you don't but need to that often. You don't often. need to that yeah. often, right. You don't. You, you can certainly be a Super Bowl-winning quarterback and kick ass and be an MVP without having that aspect. Right. He does everything else the right way. You know, and I think, um, you know, that's that point, I'm glad you brought that up because that to me is, you know, again, they're so – Pitts and Cordaro Patterson heavy, yeah, and what they do, and they make they make what I like about them is they make you like you know force the issue a little bit. Like we're going to use them. What are you going to do to stop what them? What are you going to do about it? And that helps out other angles. And to your point, that one early on in the football game, you know they put a lot. He's the tailback, Cordell Patterson. He had nine carries and also six catches for a buck twenty six. This is what he does every week. So cool. So now he's the tailback. Yeah, he goes out. And they go, well, wait, he's the tailback. We wanted to play man-to-man. We're going to put our linebacker on there. Well, you got to stop doing that shit. Yeah. He's not a tailback. He was drafted as a first-round receiver, kick returner. returner. He's yeah. just a freak show and can do anything. I mean, if you saw Cordero Patterson in person, you'd go, holy shit. Yeah. Are you kidding me? Right. Like, he, he played with my brother at University of Tennessee in college. He is a freak show. He's one of those guys where he just walks in the room and you go, now I know why he just keeps hanging around the league. Right. He's got three rockets up his ass, and he's that big. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, that. And then it was him at the end of the game, too, right, with the, um, 
the long throw down the right sideline. That's line. what I was talking oh, about. Oh, I thought you were talking yeah. about the earlier one. No. Because there was one on the first drive or the second drive okay. of the game where they got a long one, right. too. I was talking about the one that, that yeah. set up the field goal. beautiful, beautiful. Yeah. They were both very similar throws. Threw it straight up in the air. And, and just, just dropped, right let down. it drop down. Yeah. Right, yeah. It was really – he threw a, a similar throw early in the game. Okay. But that was a huge moment in the game because yeah. what we saw really uh, – Falcons kind of got into we're up 24 to 6. They started playing a little more conservative yeah. on defense. Simeon and company it just seemed like it was a lot of 5, 6, 8-yard passes. They yeah. kind of got in a rhythm and they scored three straight times and you're going, "Man, the Falcons can't do Jack Diddley squat here. Right. What's going to happen?" And he makes that big throw to ice the cake. So, damn okay, Matt Ryan. Big time. Way to go. Damn okay, Matt Ryan. Damn okay, Xavier McKinney. Damn okay, Denzel Ward. Damn okay, Under Armour. And that was well done. Thank you. And by the way, the Falcons are five and five. I mean, I'm sorry, at five hundred now. They're fighting. They're there. At five hundred. Yeah. They're, I don't know how they're doing it, but they're doing but it. But they are right there. They are. Um, Under Armour. There's a little yeah. read here. Yeah. I got it. It's kind of become a sneaky favorite part of the show. Yeah, it's for you. You right, like I'm it. I'm just going to sit back. Okay, just sit back and you enjoy the ride, big okay. guy. Don't you worry. Take notes. Hey, we are supported by Under Armour, and just like us, Under Armour wants to give you an edge. Yeah, Paulie and me, Paulie and me are trying to make you sound good with your That's friends right. right now, tell you what happened in the games, all right? <laughs> they are focused on performing better and taking their game to the next level. Everything from running shoes that propel you forward to hoop shoes that give you insane grip. They even make hoodies that reflect energy. Mm. We're not just about the end result, winning, or glory. Under Armour is about that hard work. Yeah, hard work. The dedication, the cycle of training, competing, and recovering. We give you advantages, but not shortcuts. Pauly B, the only way is, is through. through. I remember back in – well done, by the way. Thank you. Back in like 08 or 09 when they first got into the apparel game, they started right. making shoes. Oh. And they'd come down to the Senior Bowl and give all of us – like they sponsored the event. What? And like I was the only one in my neighborhood in my town with uh, Under Armour shoes. Oh, I – Right? I, I, I'm, I'm, it was same, rare back same then. Same time frame was like – you know, I, I felt like they were the first with the tight dry fit shirts and all there that too. Yeah. To where – I'd have those, and people like, man, where you, where'd you get that shirt you're working out? And I'm like, Under Armour. Yeah. And they're awesome. And it became a thing. And, I mean, of course, other companies tried to steal the idea, uh, but Under Armour started that shit first. A hoodie that reflects energy? What's I up know. with that? I don't. Do you have I, one? I'd to see that. Do you have one yet? I need to get one just to reflect Florio's energy. I'm trying to get it just to reflect <laughs> from him. I just want to be like, don't make us too similar. Reflect him away from me. He scared me yesterday in that in that uh, viewing room because I didn't know that his presence was there on that large monitor. Like, you can see him, and then all of a sudden you started talking. He just like, talked That's out Mike's of nowhere. Voice. Where is I know. Mike? Usually I yeah. mess with him a little bit more on a Sunday. Yeah. Um, especially when Minnesota starts to lose games. Yeah. I love that. Uh, so I start like making fun of Kirk Cousins and the Vikings because he takes it so personal. But yeah, yeah, Florio, he's there typing away, copy paste, copy paste, snarky comment. <laughs> okay, we've made it this far and we've not hit the the Chiefs in that offense. Uh, so who I think wants we need to, to do that now. <laughs> Chiefs, that was loud. That was the loud noises <laughs> coming I'm from that throwing up. I'm going the this table. Offense, Chiefs. <laughs> Chiefs. Even though it felt like a loss for Kansas City, to be honest, they beat Green Bay 13 to seven. Let's take a look at this at this Mahomes graphic. There are a lot of ways to show that they're struggling. Yards per attempt yesterday, four and a half yards per attempt. That's awful for any quarterback. Lowest of his career. His yards per attempt and yards per completion the last four years have been going down a little bit yeah. each year. Yeah. Uh, and this year it's just been going down drastically. So One thing I look at right there on that graphic, right, yeah. is I just go, other than New Orleans – 
last year, where New Orleans last year in that Week 15 game, he was under assault mm-hmm. by the pass rush yeah. of the Saints and stuff. So I understand that. But all those other teams there, you know, Green Bay, four and a half yards per attempt, Buffalo, five and a half yards per attempt, uh, even Chargers 2019, 5.7, Giants two weeks ago, 5.7. You know, earlier this year, Tennessee, you know what they all have in common? What do you got? They're really good zone defenses. Mm. They understand how to pass people off. So you never get Tyree Killer, Kelsey, and the island. You never. It's about offense, execution, you know, what schemes you got to take yeah. advantage of that, and can your quarterback pick it apart? And right now, that's a negative ghost rider. Big time. And that's, I mean, we, we're focusing so much on Mahomes, and his game does look totally different. It's, it's, it's by a couple standard deviations, not what it used to be. Not even close. But yeah. this whole Hill and Kelsey thing where how many times in the last two years have we sat here and like looked at their numbers combined yeah. and been like, oh, my God. Right. How did the defense let them yes. go for 17 combined catches for 250, which they did something like that all the time. Yeah. You can't find that this year. And you know maybe, maybe it's Mahomes not seeing it, throwing it well. But defenses aren't just playing, are paying, playing Patrick differently. Those two pass catchers are not producing at all No, the same way they used to. Well, it's a little bit like the same thing we talk about with a lot of offenses. They're, they're struggle. There's just there's not enough off to offer right now. It's just like, oh, it's, it's, it's Mahomes and Hill or Mahomes and Kelsey. And if they can't do that, what else do they do? Because there's nobody else to depend on. And I just want to go, if you look at other top offenses in football, they give you a little bit more to think about than two guys. And a quarterback trying to throw it to them all the time. Yeah, you know, so that would be one thing that jumps out to me. They tried to get in the run game going a little bit yesterday. You know, Green Bay is one of those teams, though, just like we saw on that graphic there, where, you know, they they just they're just going to sit back and go, we think you'll mess up, and we're not going to give the big play. We're going to let you execute, see if you can do it the whole way down the field. Now, the one good thing for like Kansas City yesterday is they didn't mess up. You know, so that still allowed them to win the game. They didn't turn the ball over. But, man, was it ugly. Yeah. I mean, it's ugly. I don't know what else to say. He's not seeing it. You know, again, I know there was a few replays I saw during the game where I went, he threw the ball down the field. I don't know why. There's a guy wide open seven yards in front of him. What's he doing? I don't understand it. You know, so I'm expecting to see some of that on the film once again. Yeah. But, yes, you know, they've lost their mojo completely. He's lost his mojo. Um, it's in his head right now to a degree, and I think it's in their whole team's head. Their team has lost their swagger. Right. You know, they, there's, there's like I think the first time in the Mahomes era, they're going, wait, are, are we going to win this? Clearly, today? he's in like I right. mean, he's he's in he's a, in a slump. He, he's yeah. in a slump, and yeah. like the best baseball players, like Mike Trout, can go one for twenty six, and you know at some point he's going to come out and you know and be terrific again. Is he just in the slump? Like, is he one for 26 right now? And for the next couple of months, it's, he's going to be okay and snap out of it? I, I, I don't know if it's going to happen this year. I don't know. I mean, it might happen to where it gets a little bit better, but do I think it's, like, going to take off and just go on fire again here? Like, I, I would have a hard time believing that. Yeah. I, I think we're going to see maybe some moments of going, oh, that looks like the old Kansas City team. You know, might get, you know, good matchups against certain defenses here in the future. But all in all, for me to sit here right now as it's looked – and go, well, you know, hey, four or five weeks ago, there were some signs where I went, oh, there's some stuff sure. to build on. I think they can go in the right direction. After the last three weeks, I just go, I, I don't think so. Yeah. I don't know if there's any – this might be who they are this year. How much of this falls on Andy Reid? Because, I mean, it's easy to focus on Mahomes because it looks so much different. Like yeah. He's just not reacting right. at the top of his drop the way he used to, not throwing it the way he used to. 
But we've always given credit with Mahomes to Reed for being a wonderful play caller yeah, and schemer. Right. How they much need of this to reinvent themselves him? a little bit. Yeah. They do. Yesterday was the first time I ever felt like they actually were managing Patrick Mahomes. Mm. I think I said that to you last night. Yeah. I said the way they played the game a few times, it was like they were like, let's not let him. It's third and three. Let's just run it. Let's not let him drop back and throw some stupid pass. Isn't like he's that been crazy? Doing. That it's crazy. first week in November we're saying it's that? It's crazy. It's crazy. I mean, that's really kind of the feel I got yesterday. It was, yeah. They kind of look like they kind of went like, wait, they got Jordan Love. Let's just win 13 Let's to 7. Let's just not lose this. Let's game. just not lose it. Yeah. And, I, and, you know, again, that's where, hey, it stinks for Aaron Rodgers uh, in his situation because I just think if he plays, there's no doubt they win that football game yesterday. Uh, just ugly, ugly performance uh, by, the, the, by the Chiefs' offense. I want to use this question from Twitter to kind of set up hopefully what we can do Wednesday yeah. when we're looking at exactly what yeah. happened. they got to do more. they got to give something else. There's got to be a new angle they approach offensively. Yeah. I know they tried to run the ball yesterday a little bit, but even that within the run game, I want to go, there's got to be more to the run game. You know, I look at their run schemes and just go, it's the same run every – it's always inside zone or outside zone. That's all they got. There's got to be more there. And uh, I think that's what disappoints me too. And like we've talked about, they were the kings of offense for so long. Yep. Teams have kind of figured out how they want to attack, the routes they like to run, and uh, there's just not a lot to think about, I think, for defenses when they play Kansas City right now. And I think, Chris, that this can be just something to think about for Wednesdays from Orion Chuzzlewit, friend of the program. I think yeah. he sent in some before. Chiefs and Bills were held to a combined 19 points this week. Has the league figured out high-flying, pass-heavy teams who are reluctant to lean on the run um, if you want to give a quick preview to that, feel free. But I think that'd be fun to focus on that on Wednesday a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I, I, 100%. And I think to, to that point, I, I mean, I think there's, there's like, definitely realness to that. Yeah. It, it, the de- coaches, the defensive players are too good. I don't care who you are right now to just think, like, we're going to do this all game and you're not going to stop it. All right. You know, maybe if it's something new and it's a new talent and a new offense and a scheme that, like, people aren't used to, like Mahomes in Kansas City when he first jumped on the scene, okay, fine, throw it 48 times a game. Who the hell cares about a run game? Yeah. But, no, what you're seeing now is, like, hey, people have caught up to what they want to do. They're not playing as well. And they got no other answers on the board to got to go, like, oh, you moved here? Yeah. All right, well, we're going to move here now. We got this element. And I think, what like, I, I just pull up the top offenses in football. All right. Chiefs are at seven. Bills are at eight. You're going yards or points? I'm going yards right now. You know, and again, they're, they're misleading with their yards. You know, and again, they feasted on the week a little bit earlier in the year, both of those teams. Mm-hmm. But you look at the other teams, the Cowboys, the Ravens, the Bucks, the Rams, the Cardinals, the Raiders. They all have, like, the, they have a lot to offer on their offense. Yeah. You know, again... We saw, like, the Rams last night. Oh, the shotgun's not working early with McVay and Stafford. Let's get underneath the center. We're going to run the ball. We're going to play actions. We're going to boots. We're going to bring that back. Okay, we're driving down the field. Field goal. Hey, we're driving again down the field. They have other, other avenues to go, wait, we're not working in this area today. Now we can do that. And I think to our, to our question there with Orion is that, uh, yeah, it's just too hard to play that way week in and week out and expect magic. Orion, uh, you know, at, just ma- expect magic out of your quarterback. It's spelled Orion, O-R-I-O-N. Oh, Orion's belt. Yes. It could go either way. Yeah. It's a judgment call. 
Matt the W. <laughs> this isn't as bad. I realize I have that on my resume. Yes, you do. So it's easy yeah. to throw that yes, out there. Right. Um, what did you say gonna, the name was though? What was your original? Orion. Orion. Yeah. Orion. O R I O N. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it could be. Yeah. It, it may could be. be. You're right. Let's have Orion. Okay. Please at, let us know how you would like a, your name pronounced, and let's yeah. see who's closer, me or Paul. Okay. All right. Okay. Yeah. There should be an apostrophe in there, <laughs> if, if, if that's what he's going with. Uh, you're funny. Okay. I know I have this one correct. Jordan Johnny Love. English class over here. <laughs> Jordan Love. Yeah. That's a, that, that, you got I, that I one. said that name you're, you're good. properly. You're good. First thought after watching him yesterday. I mean, tough situation. I... Honestly, it's kind of what I—it's I, what I expected. It's what's a little scary about Jordan Love. Yeah, you know, it's a little bit what I saw in college. Like, there's a few throws where I went, "Oh, look at that! That looked good." Yeah. But then there was a whole bunch of throws where I want to go, "Well, what the hell? How do you miss that? How do you miss that throw by that amount?" Part of it you expect from a rookie making a sure. first start. It's not easy going yeah. into Arrowhead. That's exactly right. I'm not—I'm not trying to be overly critical, but I think there was more than a handful of throws where I went, "Listen, I, I know this isn't an easy environment, but like." The fullback in the flats, wide open. It's a four-yard throw. You can't throw it four yards over his head. Right. Right? You're moving in the pocket, and there's really not pressure in you, and you're going to throw the check down, and Aaron Jones is wide open, and he can't even get a hand on the ball. Yeah. Like, that, that to me, goes beyond, like, okay, it's just a tough situation. And, you know, that, that to me is, yes, there's a little bit of flaws in his mechanics. And what I really want to say is I want to say stop watching fucking Aaron Rodgers and trying to do what he does like throwing the football. Jumping when he throws. Right. It's, it's the Zach Wilson disease with the Jets, too, because mm-hmm. I'm sure he's watching Matt LaFleur's offense and his, when his brother's implementing, he's going, this is what Rodgers does. Yeah. Don't be like Rodgers. You can't do it. You can't, right. you can't. You can't throw a fade route to Devontae Adams with both feet off the ground and think you're just going to turn your body and make it happen. Rodgers is a different animal. And, of course, he's played a ton. So he's comfortable like that. He can do whatever now. You know, he's like he's like the golfer who's played 90,000 rounds. He's like, oh, you want me to hit the chip like this? No yeah, problem. Right. Oh, I'm going to – this time I'm going to drive it. I'm going to hit a fade. I'm going to hook or whatever. They can do everything. Like, don't do that. So that was just some of the things that jumped out to me too where I just want to go, like, you got to play your mechanics a little bit more close to the vest and traditional right now. Right. Get in a rhythm and a flow, and then maybe down the road we can start being Aaron Rodgers. I mean, it- Anytime you're watching a rookie who's, who's playing for the first time at that position, especially a first-rounder because yeah, the right. expectations are so high, I always tell myself, okay, don't make any conclusions. Watch him play six or eight times before you, you say anything That's about right. what this That's guy right. is. Right. But you always want to look for like some not, – not wow, but some how lining. the ball comes right. out, some right. moments or a consistently good placement where you're like, okay, I can't yeah. wait to watch this guy play again. Right. And you're comparing it to a Burrow – or a Herbert, yeah, or even no. like Russell Wilson no. ten years ago. No. There, 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 there weren't no that wow. many moments. No, no. no. There, there were more moments where you're like, oh, yeah, that's not. It's yeah. not supposed that to be that way. Right. There were more of those. Yeah, I agreed. You know, and I think even the good throws, they weren't like we were like, oh wow, low, whoa. There's a lot of inaccuracy. A lot of inaccuracy. You know, even I think on the completions that I look at that were kind of significant during the game, it was like, okay, guy was pretty open. He just threw it. You know, with nice rhythm and got it yeah. out there, right? Yeah. Uh, but I'm with you there. I didn't see, like, oh, like I've said against, like, with Zach Wilson or Trevor Lawrence, like, ooh, I like the look. I know they threw two interceptions or whatever, but some of the throws they made, right. I go, wow. Right. Like, that's another level. I did not say that with Jordan Love. And, hey, that was big yesterday. But having said all that, there they were. They had the ball. And they had a chance to win the game yeah. against the Chiefs, 13-7. Right. to seven. It's insane. 
And, yeah, he made the mistakes. Certainly, they missed Rodgers. And like I said, I don't think there's any doubt they win that game if Rodgers is playing. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. You mentioned this game on the other side, the Vikings, a little bit, but the Ravens finding a way again to win 34-31 in overtime. Lamar Jackson throws for 266, and he runs 21 times for 120. I mean, baller. Gosh. You know, again, maybe this is another guy that needs to be put in the MVP conversation a little bit more seriously. I mean, especially with the way they're winning. That's what I mean. You know, I, again, it's right just, there with Tennessee for the top team in the AFC. Comeback wins for some reason with Lamar Jackson don't get the same publicity as other quarterbacks. Because it happens all the time. I, I mean, it's it's a well, little it's annoying. How they though. Win. I know, but like I feel like we're like, oh, if that was Mahomes or Josh Allen or Rodgers or Brady, be oh, here they come again, mm-hmm. leading their team from behind. But with like Lamar and the Ravens, for some reason, nobody really wants to give him the credit like they would other people. That annoys me. You know, that makes me root for them a little harder because I just go, well, why? Right. Why? I mean, they were down big in that game. I yeah. know it wasn't all him, but it was still a lot him. It's it's a lot him. It's a lot him making great throws. It's a lot him making unbelievable runs. I mean, he's the best player on their team. They're 6-2 and two for one reason, because Lamar Jackson's fucking awesome. Yeah. There's a reason John Harbaugh comes up to him after the game and, like, wants to French kiss him <laughs> and, like, hug him every time because he's like, we wouldn't have won that game without you. You're amazing. Way to keep us in it. Way to be tough. Thank I mean, you. He's, a, he's yeah. got, like, you know, he's got some things about him that I really, really respect. And um, yeah, that was a big one. That was a crazy game. It was like the the first half was kind of slow. The, the Vikings offense Mike was rolling, right? Then then they ran the kickback, right? They run the kickback. And Baltimore seemed like they just weren't going to show up. Exactly right. And I kind of expected to see the Ravens of what we saw in the second half. I kind of get. I I thought the Ravens would win this game by seventeen points because I thought we would see what we saw in the second half that they won't be able to get the run game going. The Ravens D line's pretty big, and the pass game's so simple that they'll be all over some of the concepts. It looked like the Vikings had a few tendency breakers or some tricks early on. They let up a huge run to Dalvin Cook when they had him pinned back at one point. So it was a lot of big plays early on from the Vikings. Lamar threw the pick in the first half. Yeah. That led to a short field field threw goal. Two overall. Right? So yeah. that was that they, they were down seventeen to three, you know, pretty quickly. Drive down, get the touchdown before the half, but then you go, Okay, this is gonna be a game at seventeen to ten, and then like you said, the first play of the second half ends up being kick yeah. return, and you're yeah. going, oh, no. Like this, I don't know if the Ravens are going to be able to do it today. It just doesn't look right. Uh, but they hang in there, and uh, a lot of great drives in the second. They dominated the second half of play. There's yeah, no doubt did. about that. Yeah. All right, time for Give Me the Headlines, presented by Hyundai. There we go. They were ready, ready to press that button. Panthers. Lose to the Patriots 24-6. to You got a headline for Oh, me? I got to have some fun here. This is too easy. I said this on Sunday Night Football last yeah. night. You know, it plays into, you know, Sam Darnold a little bit. Uh-oh. I see dead people. And Night Shyamalan. Yes. And the uh, I movie see from ghosts. 90, what was that? It's, it's, the Sixth uh, Sense. The Sixth Sense, right. Yeah. Exactly, with Bruce Willis. It was hard to watch. Yeah. Not the movie. Movie was good. Yeah. But, I mean, watching Sam Darnold play. Yeah. wasn't like, hard to. Yeah. I mean. It just kept getting worse. 
The interceptions kept getting worse. Yeah, they're 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 horrible. They have officially reached horrible on offense. Two I don't know what ago, else to he say. He was playing really well. Playing really good. Again, it wasn't as good as everybody tried to make it out to be, but it was good. He's playing horrible. People have caught on to Joe Brady's offense a hundred percent, and they can't do shit really. Yeah. I mean, again, they, they got six points early on because of Patriots' mistakes. I mean, strip sack fumble on Mac Jones. Mac Jones had the interception to Stephon Gilmore. That led up to two short fields. You know, other than that, there was nothing to talk about until the third quarter where now the Panthers were down 14-6 to six, and Sam Darnold threw a horrible interception that got returned, what was it, for 88 yards and a touchdown by J.C. Jackson. Right. And that was night-night. You know what was surprising to me? Yeah. Matt Rule came out, and he didn't say anything incorrectly, right. the head coach of the Panthers afterwards. Yeah. But they usually say, we just got to get better. I got to yeah. call a better game. Right. He was like, we can't have a quarterback just you know throwing the ball in the air like that. He kept coming back to that. I'm yeah. like, wow. Right. That's where he is with this whole thing, that he is just airing that out in the post-game press conference. I don't think he can avoid it anymore. He'll look like he's – playing favorites he's got to send the message to his team that's like it's not acceptable yeah it's not and I mean again there's a bootleg it's 14-6 he's running to his left he looks like he's trying to throw to the back and the flat or or maybe Ian Thomas behind him the throw was so bad I'm not exactly sure who he was trying to throw to Mm. and I know he's going against the you know he's running to his left as a righty but I mean we're in 2021 that's not a thing anymore right and J.C. Jackson again I mean, J.C. Jackson's phenomenal. Yeah, right. Uh, yeah, I mean, two picks. The one at the end of the game was very easy. Darnold had to kind of force the issue. I get that. But J.C. Jackson was looking the whole time. I don't know what the hell he was thinking. Uh, J.C. Jackson's one of the best corners in football. The Patriots are going to have to pay him $20 million a year next year. And, and then there was the Jamie Collins interception, which so he throws three interceptions yesterday. Two of them were on him. The Jamie Collins one, I'll say it was just a great play. Right. I mean, he threw the ball over the middle. Jamie Collins was kind of in the line of scrimmage and in the fray and just jumped up and snagged the ball as it was going by his head at like 100 miles per hour. Yeah. I mean, so, you know, again, that's a little unlucky. But overall, their offense is shitty. And Sam Darnold is playing shitty on top of that. And that leads to getting your shitty ass kick 24 to 6 to the Patriots, who are dangerous and right. i say watch out because they're starting to won, look like a patriots football four team. out of five uh-huh top two running backs 25 carries mac jones only had to throw it I mean, it was less than 20 Ooh. that game played out perfectly for, for for the way they need to win right now they manage games it's bill belichick you know it's it's again that's why you know joe judge we talked about mike vrabel we've talked about like they, they, they don't care about sex appeal. They're just going to do, what do we got to do to win this game? Nobody's going to remember four months from now, go, well, they played a boring style to win 24-6. They won. They're just going to go, well, they won 24-6. Yeah. Played a good game. You know, Mac is efficient, and they're starting to run the ball on everybody. Ramondre Stevens is a little, like, budding superstar good, for them. Right? Yeah. And their defense is one of the best in football. So, from that aspect, I just go, watch out. Think about... They lose a heartbreaker to the Cowboys. They lose a heartbreaker to the the Bucks. Bucks. And they outplayed the Miami Dolphins in week one and messed that game up to where you go. There's three games right there where, I mean, the whole year's different. And that's why I say watch out for them because they kind of got, like, they got their mojo. Like, this is how we play. Mm -hmm. We don't care. We're going to own it. And you're going to see, I think, a lot of victories like this for for New England. Chargers got their mojo back as well in Philadelphia. Chargers beat the Eagles 27-24. Your headline is? 
Jumper cables. Boy, I got it. Chargers charged up. Justin Herbert back on the ship. Uh, that that Philadelphia pass defense reared its ugly head. What we saw a few weeks ago against 30, the Raiders, thirty-two out of thirty-eight. Right. It was a, those are that's the kind of the numbers Derek Carr had. Yeah. A few weeks ago. Right. Yeah. You know. And it, to me, it, it's the same offensive system. It's very West Coast centric. A million ways to throw for seven and eight yard completions. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, really, at no point yesterday during that game where they slowed down. You know, I don't know, Pete. Maybe you can look it up. Maybe they punted the ball once or twice, but it wasn't much. No. I mean, they went down the field, got stopped on fourth and one on the goal line. You know, they really never got stopped throughout the day. Zero punts. Wow. So that just tells you. Is that good? That is good. <laughs> you know, they, they had a few uh, mistakes here and there, and I think, you know, where they just had to turn the ball over on downs. But mm-hmm. um, good win for the Chargers. Of course, what I'm a little worried about, I'm not worried about their offense. You know, I know it's – Hey, it's the NFL. They might have some weeks where it doesn't look as good. Uh, but what I worry about is what we saw from their defense again, too, and that's what's weird about the AFC West because there's just every team you look at, you go, not just a flaw. Like There's like a significant flaw that I worry about. Yeah, some pretty major concerns. Yeah. I think we have a, a number here on Justin Herbert, what he did yesterday compared to the previous two games. He started throwing interceptions, three interceptions in those two losses, three touchdowns yesterday, no picks, 84%. I'm glad you brought up what Derek Carr did. I think he was around 90%. So, I mean, doing against that defense, there has to be maybe a little bit of an asterisk next to it. definitely. Uh, But still. Too many soft zone coverages out of Philadelphia. But still very well done. Very well done. By Herbert and the Chargers. That's right. Got them back on, you know, on on the right track there. You know, and he's spreading the ball around. Uh, and, and you know they're going to have to win through it through their offense. They just don't think their defense, their defense. I like them because they have some playmakers. But as you see yesterday, they couldn't really stop Philly either. And That's we're true. seeing almost every week people just run the ball at will on the Chargers. I mean at will. I will say this just to give the Eagles something. I, I like the way the Eagles have played the last two weeks. They've stopped trying to be like, oh, we're going to make Jalen Hurts a drop back quarterback. They're playing through the run game. They're using him in the run game, and it led to 176 yards on the ground. I think that's the proper way, but they got to find some ways to tighten up defense a little bit and stop playing so much bend-don't-break style to where they just get slowly killed week after week with intermediate to short passing game. There's one game we haven't touched on. Only one game. Only one? Do you have a guess? What oh, that might be. I'm going to look oh. for a headline on the, on the final game. It was a great game. It was a great game. Was um, it? I don't want to call it the loser bowl. This is Dolphins beating the Texans 17-6. I don't want to call it the loser bowl, but dot, 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 dot. Damn, that was the loser bowl. That's your headline. Well, yeah. I mean, damn. <laughs> I mean, did anybody want to win the game? My goodness. I mean, it was unreal. I it just Every time I looked up, I went, one team was driving. Nine turnovers. Then, nine turnovers. Remember Ferris Bueller? Are you old enough to? Uh, oh, of course. Nine times. nine times. Nine times. Nine times. They turned it over that many times. But then he hits the computer, and it starts to drop down. Right. And he gets all flustered, the principal. What was the number he dropped it? I think it was three. Two or three. P? Right. I think he dropped it to three. Yeah. Something yeah. like that. Something in that, that category. Ferris Bueller's classic. Like, I make my kids watch that movie. Like, you got to watch Ferris Bueller. And they did loved they? It. Did they like it? They liked it. All right. Yeah, yours did. I'm going to go with that. I haven't oh, tried yet. You should try. I it's timeless. It. Yeah, that's kid missing school and having fun. So that good. translates to any kid. Right. But I can miss school and go fuck around and do whatever. <laughs> this is a great story, Dad. Yes, it is, son. And Cameron, you know, trying to get along with his dad. When Cameron to, yeah. was in Egypt's, Egypt's land. land. 
let my Cameron go. Uh, it's yeah. so great. Classic movie. Classic. But, yeah, I mean, every time I looked up, I went, oh, there, they're moving down the field. Oh, turnover. I mean, Tyrod Taylor had some really bad ones. Three you know, picks. Three picks. Yep. You know, one you know, in the end zone, under pressure, I think on the first or second drive of the game, they leave points on the board. Man, the one we talked about on Peacock show last night where he scrambles to the left oh and he's going gosh. out of bounds yeah. and shovels it forward to... That was a wow. I don't know that what he was thinking. That competed with the Stafford getting spun around. And, and the Carson and Wentz, Wentz last Wentz week. You're right. Yeah. That was, yes, that was like a... We've had some very Full Tropic picks. Thunder mo- moments right there. I yeah. mean, full Tropic Thunder. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so... Uh, that that game, you know, again, I don't know if I feel any differently from them. It was a good win. I expected the Texans to win with Tyrod Taylor being back. But, again, what you see there, too, is you're out that long. You're not going to be your same self there. Uh, good for the Miami Dolphins. But I don't know. I got no other silver lining or anything to talk about with the game in no. general to go, well, there was this or that. Uh, it was pretty ugly and sloppy by we both sides. We should have a cutoff. Like, if there are combined, like, more than seven turnovers in a game, like, that game you don't doesn't get, talked get discussed. About. You don't get talked about. You get pushed aside. Can you imagine turning the ball five times – turning the ball over five times and winning? Like, I've never right? been a part of that. It seems, you, it seems five impossible. Five times and yeah. you won? I know. I mean, that's, that is a shamrock up your ass. Maybe that's what <laughs> we should have made the headline for this one. Uh, but either way, Dan, was that our last game? We got him through the ball? It. That was it. That Look was us. Give Me the Headlines presented by Hyundai. One more little topic to hit. Monday yeah. night, Bears, Steelers. Chris said Pittsburgh twenty to seventeen. Yeah. in last Thursday's podcast, are yeah. you going to are you going to come off that? No, I'm not. I, I I to me this is the kind of game where I think the Bears will hang around. This is the kind of game like, oh, you want to play ugly football? Well, we're we're we that's all we do is play ugly football. Yeah, you know I, they're very similar teams in that way where it's like, yeah, one's a rookie quarterback and one's a really old quarterback, but they kind of ma- had to manage it a little bit. It's true, and uh, I expect this to be a defensive battle. Where, you know, I'm thinking Big Ben will play pretty smart, you know, make a play or two in the passing game. Yeah. And I think the Bears will hang around, but I think eventually, like, the Steelers' defense is going to make a play to help them win the game and give the short field to Ben. That's why I say 20-17. to 17. So, I don't know. I've had a lot of friends ask me about – I didn't pick this as my – oh, I did pick this as one of my best bets, I believe. Or, no, I didn't. I left it out. Uh, but this is one of the games I've told my friends, like, listen, I think Chicago will keep this close. Yeah. Pittsburgh, it is one of my best bets. Okay, good. I, I can't remember. How did you do last week with the Knicks, Not by good. The way. Not good. Who could have done good last week? Those games yesterday. Who's, who's struggling more, your picks or Patrick Mahomes? Uh, Mahomes, actually. Mahomes, well, yeah. I mean, I'm not making as much money as Mahomes. <laughs> He's expected to deliver way on a bigger scale than I am. <laughs> Any success you have? When they is, start is paying me forty million from here, I'll yeah. start expecting better picks. Okay, they're, they're not. <laughs> they're not. They're not. Can you leave that shit. Yeah. I can't believe they're not paying me forty million either. What the fuck? I think that's it. That's it. I think that's it. That's you want to FaceTime? Yeah, there's a show. That's a show. Yeah, there it is. Should I FaceTime you like at dinner tonight? Because I mean, you're gonna have to go like a few hours. Without, like Without me, talking to you, oh, yeah, no, yeah. I'll be in withdrawal. Pauly Burmeister with withdrawal. You'll be okay. I'll be okay. I'll okay. be okay. I mean, I like you a lot, but you don't However. need to call in FaceTime. Maybe However, <laughs> uh, Wednesday again, though. Wednesday again, yep. you and me. See, I told you last night you were with me on Wednesday. You didn't know that. 
You said three times. Oh. You, you were including last I night. I was including last okay. night. I think I was. I was wondering what the call was going to be that yeah. had me back here doing something for gotcha. the third time this I'm week. I'm a so. dumb blonde, and I can't count all the time. I, right? I, I think that was me. That was yeah. me. All right. Matt the W. Orion. Right. Matt the W. No, Orion. Yep. <laughs> Please, Orion, get back to us and correct that for us. We'd like to know. Orion. So we can get on Please, Paul. let me know. Please. All right, everybody. Peace out. Send in questions. Wednesday's podcast. We've got a lot of things to break down. I think there's a lot of different elements to talk a about. A lot of ways to go. Yeah, a lot of, a lot of ways to go. Yeah. I'm going to have a uh, – I, I, my toughest thing is just going to be picking out what we want to break it's down really the show. Down. It is, definitely. But uh, enjoy the Monday Night Football game. You know where to find us. You know where to find me on social media. Thanks, as always, to Under Armour for sponsoring Chris Sims Unbutton. Pauly B, Good you the man. You, man. See, you Wednesday. See you Wednesday. Peace out, everybody. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.